God has never promised to forgive one sin that you are not willing to forsake. You say, well, I can think of some sins I've fallen into many times. Yeah, well, are you willing to forsake it now? Welcome to Open the Bible Weekend with Pastor Colin Smith. I'm Steve Hiller, and Colin, that is quite the statement. God has never promised to forgive one sin that you're not willing to forsake? I'll never forget the time that I heard it. It was Dr. Alan Redpath, who at one time was the pastor of the Moody Church here in Chicago. And he said that at a conference in Britain. I was 17 years old when I heard him say that. It hit me between the eyes and brought me up short. And, you know, it's important to listen carefully to what the great man said. Yes. He, he didn't say that God has never promised to forgive one sin that you haven't forsaken. Because it is true that we sometimes fall into a sin repeatedly and many, many times. What he said was that God is not ready to forgive one sin that you're not willing to forsake. In other words, I can't say I'm going to press right ahead and carry on doing the same thing again and at the same time repent and expect that God is going to forgive me. And Dr. Redpath was touching the great truth of Isaiah chapter 55, where God says, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And so this speaks into the heart of repentance, that in coming to God and asking for his forgiveness, I've got to bring what I've done. I've got to place it into his hands and I've got to say, by your grace, I am not going there again. And God has wonderful grace for us, even if we've come with the same sin that's been committed many times, but you can't come and let go of what you're not willing to forsake. Well, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 21 today. Grab a Bible, join us there as we continue this message, Finding the Hidden Path to a Transformed Life. Here's Pastor Colin. We start with this story in Matthew and chapter 21 where Jesus speaks specifically about repentance. hope you have it open in front of you. What do you think, Jesus says? There was a man who had two sons. He went to the first and said, Son, go and work today in the vineyard. I will not, he answered. But later he changed his mind. Now, literally, the word there is repented. Later, he repented. He changed his mind and went. Then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. And he answered, I will, sir. But he did not go. Now, Jesus asks, verse 31, which of the two did what his father wanted? The first, they answered. And Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, the tax collectors and the prostitutes, that is, people who would be perceived to be miles away from God and the things of God, these people are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you, Jesus says, for John came to you to show you the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him, but the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. And even after you saw this, you did not repent and believe him. So, this is clearly a story, a parable of Jesus dedicated to explaining the subject of repentance. He's telling us what it is, and he is telling us how it happens. The first son in the story, the father says to him, verse 28, son, go work today in my vineyard. And this first son says, I will not what an obnoxious son. 
There's hostility here. There's resentment. There's rebellion. There's defiance. It's my life. You're not going to tell me what to do. I've got my own plans today. But then Jesus tells us that a remarkable change took place in this first boy. I will not, he answered, verse 29, but later he changed his mind, repented, same word. He changed his mind and went. Now, see, what the two sons did shows what they thought of their father. The son who said, I will, sir, and then did not go showed that actually he didn't care too much for the father, that the father's words didn't really carry much weight in his life, that he was very happy to help the father if it was convenient to him, but if something else came along that seemed more attractive, then he wanted to keep his options open. And in that, he shows that however polite he was on the surface, in his heart, he was not devoted to the father at all. The other son is very different. He says, I will not. But when he thought again, he couldn't live with that decision. And that says something very wonderful about him. He could not be at peace while he was in conflict with the father. And when he thought about the way he'd responded to his father, he just couldn't settle couldn't live with being out of sorts with someone who in his heart he had come to love. And so in the end, he thought there's only one thing to do. I got to go do what my father has asked of me. He changed his mind. And the two changes of mind actually reflect to the deepest level what these two boys really thought of the father. And at the deepest heart level, it was precisely the opposite of what you might first have thought. See, repentance shows what you think of God, and that is why repentance is the highest form of worship. It shows that you are no longer hostile to God. It shows that you think of him so highly that you would choose to obey him even if your first instinct was otherwise. It shows that you can't really bear to live in tension with him or to exist at a distance from him. You can't settle if you're in conflict with him. So you think again, you change your mind. Choosing obedience shows what you think of God. So this first son then is a, a model of true repentance. And uh, this very, very simple story of Jesus in a very penetrating way really gives us the key as to how it actually happens in a person's life. And we've talked really a fair bit about what repentance is, but how does it happen? Well, think of it this way. Repentance is a change of behavior that flows from a change of mind about God and about yourself. The word repent meaning a change of mind, a change of heart. And uh, what this looks like that is modeled for us in uh, this very short story of Jesus is really filled out in the much more familiar story of the, uh, the prodigal son. And uh, for just a few moments, let's uh, turn over to Luke's gospel in chapter 15 together. Luke's gospel in chapter 15. 
And uh, you know this story very well. Uh, the man who had two sons, verse 12, and the younger one says to the father, give me my share of the estate. And he gets the money and he goes as far away from the father as he can. And he squanders the money and wild living. And then Jesus says there was a famine in the country and this lad began to be in need. And he gets a job feeding the pigs. And the irony is that the pigs were filled, but the man who was feeding them was hungry. And so the pigs were better off than the prodigal. At this point, Jesus says that he came to his senses, verse 17. He came to his senses. He thought again. He changed his mind. He said, how many of my father's hard men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I'm going to set out and go back to my father and say to him, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hard men. Now, notice what's happening here. There is a change of mind towards the Father. That's how this change of character and life and behavior actually begins. That's what it flows from, a change of behavior that flows from a change of mind about God and about ourselves. He, he changes his mind about the Father. At the beginning, He's going to the Father, and it's, give me, give me. It's all demand. You owe me. Give me what's my right. Give me what's my due. I got rights. What are you doing for me? Give me, and I want to live as far away from you as I possibly can. But at the end of the story, it's not give me, it's make me. Make me like one of your hired servants. The beginning of the story, all the focus of the boy is, how can I live my life independent of the Father? At the end of the story, all of the focus is about, how can I live my life near to the Father? He's thinking again about the Father. He's thinking again about himself. The beginning of the story, it's all, give me the money because I can control my life. If, if I have the resources, I can, I can do well, I can do it. And then later in the story, he sits there and in a moment of great honesty says, here I am starving to death. What am I doing? What's wrong with me? What have I spent all the money on? Why am I here? What am I doing? And you see, this is where repentance begins. Why am I living at a distance from God? What's wrong with me that I bite the hand that feeds me? What is it that causes me to be so hostile to the one who gave me life, sustains me in life, shows me grace, provides for me? What is it about me that wants to be hostile to one, the one who would come into the world and lay down his life for me and offers me grace and eternal life and says, I will live in you by my spirit? What is wrong with me that I would be running from him? 
He came to his senses. He says to himself, I'd be better by far in my father's house. What am I doing? Where has all this running from God really got me? It's a question. You're listening to Open the Bible Weekend with Pastor Colin Smith and a message called Finding the Hidden Path to a Transformed Life. It's part of our series on repentance. Open the Bible Weekend is a listener-supported program. We're able to be on this station because of your generosity. And as you give a gift of any amount this month, we want to say thank you by sending you Pastor Collins' brand new book. It's called Six Hours That Changed the World. And as you read this book, you're going to be reminded that God demonstrates His love for us in this. As Romans 5.8 says, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know, a lot of us who believe that Jesus died and rose again struggle to feel that God loves us. Maybe you identify with that. Well, that's part of what Pastor Colin is tackling in his new book, Six Hours That Changed the World. We'd love to send you a copy as our way of saying thank you for your financial support. Find out more or give online at openthebible.org. That's openthebible.org. Back to the message. Here is Pastor Colin. Changed his mind about the Father and he changed his mind about himself. And verse 20, so he got up and went to his father. You see, that, that's how the turn happens. You change your mind about God. The sinful mind is hostile to God. But when you come to your senses, you say, why am I fighting him? You change your mind about God. You change your mind about yourself. You've been saying, I can live my life. I can do it. Come to your senses. You say, Why am I starving to death here at a distance from the Father who has all things in his hands? And when you change your mind about God and you change your mind about yourself, you're in the position where you're able to move. So he got up and went to his Father. Do you know, one of the things that we learn here that is so very, very important is that repentance and faith are so closely intertwined that the one cannot exist without the other. You can't believe without repenting, and you can't repent without believing. The two belong inextricably together like the sun's heat and the sun's light. They're distinct, but they cannot be separated. Remember this, if you would believe, you must repent, and if you would repent, you must believe. You cannot separate these two. They always go together. They are the twin response to the gospel, but they are inseparable as a response to the gospel. Think about it. If you would believe, you must repent. Jesus said on one occasion to some folks who said that they were struggling to believe in him, he said, well, how can you believe if all you're doing is seeking the praise of other people and you're making no effort to seek the praise that comes from God? If you're not repenting, if your life is just about yourself and about the impression that you're making on other people, you will never be able to believe. That's what Jesus says. The way you come to believe is that if you are really my disciple, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. 
If you would believe, you must repent. The only way to believe, if you say you're struggling to believe, is to humble yourself before God and to stop saying, give me, and to start saying, make me. Because you can't believe if you're not ready to repent. And the other, the reverse, is also and equally and at the same time true, that if you would repent, you must believe. See, some of us are coming from the other end. We say, well, how can I really change? The prodigal was absolutely miserable in the distant country. And that picture of him, you know, with, with the pigs and them being full and him being hungry, it's a desperate picture. But you can be very desperate and still not come back home. See, it takes courage to come back home. And when you've gone far from the Lord, you know that that's the reality. The big question is, where do you find the courage to come back? And the answer is very simple, that the prodigal finds the courage to come home when he believes that there will be a welcome. If he doesn't think he'll be welcomed, he'll never come back. But if, sitting there among the pigs, he comes to feel and to believe in his mind and in his heart, if I go back to my father, I think he will receive me, then that belief will give him courage to begin the long trudge, the long journey home. And that is exactly what happens in the story. And of course, when he gets back in the story, Jesus wants to make the point that the father is far more generous in the welcome than the son would ever have dared to imagine. The father runs to meet him, filled with compassion, kisses him. There's forgiveness right there. And more than that, puts a robe on him. The father will not have his son walking about in shameful rags. He puts new clothes on him so the boy will not be ashamed. This is what God does for us in Jesus Christ, clothes us in his righteousness. And then the father puts the ring on his finger, the sign, the seal of sonship. Because this son is restored to his dignified position as a family member so that he can face the world as a new man, restored to a new position. And Jesus is telling this story so that you will know how the Father will receive you if you will come to him in repentance and faith. If you will come to God in repentance and faith through Jesus Christ today, he will welcome you with that kind of welcome in Jesus' story. Believe this, and you will find the courage to repent. Believe that God loves you and that he sent his son into the world for you, that he stands ready to forgive you and accept you and restore you and embrace you. And you will find with the prodigal the strength to get up and go to the Father. If you would believe, you must repent. If you would repent, you must believe. Now, you know, these two stories of the uh, two sons that we've looked at this morning really teach us the great irony that uh, those who seem far away from God may actually be very near 
and those who seem very near to God may actually be very far away. It comes through in both of the stories that Jesus told. And the first thing comes to us as a warning. If your Christianity amounts to something you said 25 years ago or whatever it was, when you were six years old, I said I received Jesus. And that's really all it is. And there's no serious application for you now of walking the path of repentance and faith. I, I say, those who may seem very near may turn out to be those who are far away. It's possible to be like the elder brother at home or the second son in Jesus' uh, story who said, I will, sir, I will, sir, but actually they didn't care very much for what the father told him to do at all. It's a warning that those who may seem to be very near may actually be far from God in reality. And then the encouragement that those who may seem to be very far away from God may actually be very near. If you would repent, you must believe. If you would believe, you must repent. But the promise of the gospel is that God in His grace is ready to welcome back all who will come, whether they be from near or from far. And if you believe, you will find the courage to repent. You're listening to Open the Bible Weekend with Pastor Colin Smith. And if you are feeling far from God today, what a great reminder that He is able and He is willing to forgive you and to welcome you back. Is what the gospel is all about. And as we believe the gospel, transformation is possible. In fact, God says He will bring about change. Today's message is called Finding the Hidden Path to a Transformed Life, and it's part of our series on repentance. And if you've missed any of the broadcasts in our series, I want to encourage you to come and listen online. Our website is openthebible.org, and you can stream the program or download an MP3 for free. You can also listen if you have the Open the Bible app. That's free. You'll find it at your app store. Simply look for Open the Bible, and that's a great way to take Pastor Collins' teaching with you on the go to be able to listen at your convenience. Again, you can do that through the app or you can go to our website, openthebible.org. Well, Open the Bible is a listener-supported broadcast. We're able to be on this station because of your generosity. And as you give a gift of any amount this month, we want to say thank you by sending you Pastor Colin's latest book. It's called Six Hours That Changed the World. And Colin, who is this book written for? Well, the book is all about what happened during the six hours that Jesus hung on the cross. Jesus spoke seven times during these six hours, and each time we learn more about what Jesus was doing while he was there. I mean, he was praying, he was opening up heaven, he was carrying our sins, and most of all, he was pouring out his great and everlasting love for each one of us. Now, I think Christians are well aware of the love of the Lord Jesus Christ that was poured out for us on the cross. But you will know someone who does not yet grasp the love of the Lord Jesus Christ for them. 
So this gift book is especially for him or for her. And if you're looking for a clear, biblical and compelling presentation of the gospel to give to someone in your life this Easter, I hope you'll get hold of a copy of Six Hours That Changed the World and give that to him or to her. Well, we would love to send you a copy of Pastor Colin's newest book, Six Hours That Changed the World. It's our way of saying thank you for your financial support. Find out more or give online at openthebible.org or call us at 877-OPEN-365. That's 1-877-673-6365. Or again, our website is openthebible.org. For Pastor Colin Smith, I'm Steve Hiller. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join us next time. Open the Bible Weekend is a listener-supported production of Open the Bible. You feel sorry about what happened, but does that mean you've repented? There's a difference between being sorry and repenting. Find out what it is next time on Open the Bible Weekend.